Look at my butt. Show number 201 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, listeners, it's been a month or more since our 200th show. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are just recovering from the incredible after parties. <laughs> I mean, everybody was there. It was amazing. But, and yes. and um, it was, you know, what happened with the 200th show is that it bled over into the, the season of Shatmus, which is happening right now. <laughs> That's right. So Merry Shatmus to you all. Yes. Moist and Merry Shatmus. That's right. Everybody needs to be prepared. And our good friend Maynard um, sent on Twitter uh, pictures of his Shatmus. He has uh, a little tree topper, and he also has a little stocking in Captain Kirk sitting in the stocking. And it's very, oh, cool. very well done. Yes. Cool. So, he knows how to celebrate Shatmus. He's well, right down with it. That is so great. So we've got stuff. Um, we've got things that are happening in the news because, of course, Bill's always doing new stuff. And then yep. in the second half of the show, we'll be talking about all of the great Trek crap that's out there for Shatmus. Yes, yes. If you haven't done all your Shatmus shopping, mm-hmm. you might be able to to still snag some of these wonderful things. But that will be coming up later. Yes. Um, so what we're going to start out with is um, the the Shatner project is now over. Yes, all six episodes, and uh, we had been reviewing them as they went along. So I think all we have left to review is the very last episode. Correct? I think that that is correct. And um, the last episode was interesting because they had a different designer. Yes. And I have to say, personally, I did not like her style as her taste. I should say her taste Mm -hmm. as much as I had liked Ginny's taste. Uh, So, but that's just me. I thought it did look beautiful when they were all done. Of course, you know, it was, everything was done to the highest quality and they made a lot of improvements. It was more sort of the colors and some of the textures of the Mm -hmm. fabric and stuff. That stuff didn't grab me. Well, I have to say, um... When Bill first showed the new designer, whose name I forget, the picture he wanted to pick colors from, <laughs> yes, there was a very vivid blue and a very vivid yellow, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare mm-hmm. headache making room with all these colors, you know. But um, then she started doing the whole thing in gray, which is yes. very hot color right now. Mm-hmm. And I have seen very few things done in gray that I liked. So I was with Bill. He was worried going... It's all gray, and I see none of the colors from the picture. But then when it was done, and the color, she had pulled the colors from the picture mm-hmm. as accents, mm-hmm. and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. It, it was a, a really well-done room. Mm-hmm. For, and this was the party was. room mm-hmm. where Bill has his football parties and everything else. And, in fact, he does have the world's largest um projection tv that's in there it was so amazing when, yes when we were looking at yes it. um one of the things that occurred to me though is to get to this room from the rest of the house you have to go up some stairs and partially outside or something and i thought okay so down in this other part of the house liz has her kitchen with the four ovens and four refrigerators mm-hmm. and everything and she's doing all this cooking or somebody is for these parties and then bringing it all up there? <laughs> Maybe they have a dumb waiter. I don't know. I don't know. That would be weird. It looked like a very comfortable, wonderful place to have viewing parties. Mm-hmm. It did. 
it, and uh, I, I loved at the end when they were saying goodbye to the crew, and Bill's like, get out of my house. Yes. I'm tired of you people. And Liz is, you know, being so polite, goodbye, you did a wonderful job. Yes, yes, but get out of my house. And so now they have their home back, yeah. and it's gorgeous. They have everything redone from kind of top to bottom, it looked like. just It sure did. Every single thing. Um, one thing that totally cracked me up was when they were in – there and I believe it was the new contractor who was coming mm-hmm. in because the new designer had a contractor and Bill walked over to him and stuck out his hand and said hi Bill Shatner and yes. I was like really Bill really do you have to introduce yourself to well, anyone anymore it would seem really arrogant to I assume you know who I am I know. know it's just so funny you know we're we're in his we're in his house with his <laughs> film crew Filming something yes. called the Shatner Project. Yes, and, well. And, you know, and so he walks over and says, hi, mm. Bill Shatner. But I thought this was like the best reality TV thing I've ever oh, seen. It was great. I I loved it. I loved seeing more of Liz, seeing more of them mm-hmm. together, you know, and uh, they're so much fun. They are so funny together. When they were talking about all the gray as they were starting to paint, and mm-hmm. Bill was saying, it's like 50 shades of gray. And she looked at him like, really? And he said, yeah, what does this mean? And she just looked at him and said, oh, promises, promises. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm an old man. <laughs> I know. That was so And funny. that is like the only time you'll ever hear Bill say that. Really? That was hilarious. It was. It was. But uh, they ended up with a beautifully redone house mm-hmm. that is done, you know, to their taste with the things they need and the things that are important in their life. I mm-hmm. love how it seemed like in every room just about they had identified this is the important thing that will define the character of this room. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's 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 this particular painting or, you know, it's these objects that really mean a lot to us or it's this, you know, stone wall with the river. That's, that's the room for us and mm-hmm. that's what you're working off of. And I think that is probably very, very helpful to a designer. Oh, I would think so. And the fact that they they had so many beautiful objects that they oh, wanted yeah. to keep, you know. From their travels. Right. And, yeah. It, with many people, I'm sure, it's just out with everything and they're not even starting with one or two things. They're just mm-hmm. starting from scratch with no idea of what they're going to build around. I still want to know how much it cost. I really want to know how much it cost and how much the show paid for and how much that bill had to come up with. Yes, I wish we knew that too. Yeah. But we don't. So if anybody hasn't seen it, you should totally go and find it. It's on demand on, you know, Comcast, which is the cable that we have here in California. And you can probably torrent it if you want to. But it's well worth watching. So good. It is. Every episode is entertaining. And, you know, if you're like me, I'm really sort of hooked on those HGTV, mm-hmm. you know, the real estate shows where they're they're looking for houses. Mm-hmm. And so this is sort of in that vein, but it's, it's a remodel. And it's, it's nice. They stick with this one house is one couple for six weeks mm-hmm. you know each part is a different room so you really get to see the the full um everything that that went on and and what they were before and what they became after but you also get to see in progress yes so um i i just loved it yep and you know it must be so nice to be 
on a reality show working with top-notch people who can do it because I'm telling you, I'm trying to get some people in to just do some minor stuff in my house Mm -hmm. and it is so fucking hard to get someone just to show up to do something. It's ridiculous. Oh, I know. I know. So I I was like, do I need to have a reality show to have someone come and, (laughs) and, you know, do things in my bathroom? Well, I tell you, it's harder to get somebody to come in to do little things. Mm Mm-hmm. Much harder. But even sometimes the big things, it's yeah. just terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Flakes, flakes. They are, all of them, every single one of them. So tell us about your day yesterday. Yeah, so our, our good friend Logan, friend of the show, uh, sent me an email and said, there's a Trek convention in San Francisco, and I've never been to one. Will you go with me? And I said, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. course. That would be great. And it's the same creation con at the same hotel that we've been to at least, what, three times or something? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And I said, this is great because I know where it is and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the schedule. There wasn't anybody in particular that either of us wanted to see speaking. Mm-hmm. So we just decided to go on Saturday, figuring that'll be when there's the most people and the most right. Stuff. And as it turned out, our good friend John Tenuto was doing some presentations that day. So yes, happy coincidence. That was great. So we went to the, the good old Hyatt in Burlingame right near the airport. <laughs> And we had gotten our tickets through Gold Star, which was even better because they were much cheaper that way. Mm-hmm. So we got our, our wristbands and we had some nice lunch because they've got quite a nice restaurant there. That was good. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I guess the waiters were just figuring that everybody was from out of town because as we're sitting there eating and talking about work, the, the guy brings a basket of bread and he goes, now this is San Francisco sourdough bread. It's <laughs> The infamous sourdough bread. Exactly. (laughs) And he walked away and I said, infamous? Isn't it more like famous? I mean, well, (laughs) I think people no longer distinguish between those two words. Okay. So it was pretty funny. So he obviously thought we were from, you know, Wisconsin or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, we walked around. We saw John give a great uh, talk, which I had never seen him do before, which was about the movies and things that changed from the original shooting scripts or concepts to the mm-hmm. finished product. And it was fascinating. It was I so bet. good. And there were, he talked about, I guess, four different movies and how things changed. He talked a lot about Khan. Some of the stuff we knew, mm-hmm. some of the stuff I didn't know at all. He talked about Search for Spock. He talked about Voyage Home. And then he talked about Undiscovered Country. And the stuff that changed about Undiscovered Country was stuff I didn't know at all, and probably because I just haven't done a lot of research about that movie. Mm-hmm. But there was supposed to be a whole sequence at the beginning of it where Kirk went around plucking everyone out of retirement. Oh, now I had heard that. Okay. So he told us about how that was going to take place and what each person was doing mm-hmm. and gave us some excerpts from the scripts. That, that had been written for those particular scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decided in the end not to do it because it would have cost a million dollars and they just didn't have that much money to spend on it. So uh-huh. I'm glad. But the, the funniest thing for me was um, the very first part of it was Kirk coming out of retirement. Mm-hmm. And he's in his uh, apartment, I guess. Okay. Having dinner with Carol Marcus. Oh, wow. So, so they were going to get B.B. Bash back? Yeah, yeah. And so wow. they were together. And so he was saying, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire. And she's like, yeah, right. And just as they're having this conversation, uh, a courier shows up to, to mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, Captain Kirk, you're needed 
on the bridge or wherever yeah, you are. At Starfleet headquarters. At Starfleet yeah. headquarters. And then he's like, yep, sorry, got to go. And then he leaves. And then you yes. never see her again. And she never shows up in the movie. But it was very interesting that they were intent on maintaining that relationship. Yeah. So that was well, in cool. the novelizations, one of them starts out with a scene that was never filmed, as far as I know, of um, right before Kirk and Carol's wedding. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this wasn't supposed, this didn't have anything to do with the wedding. It was just establishing mm-hmm. them as being together. A couple. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. So I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. And then yeah. um, going back to Wrath of Khan, recently, right when we were looking through some other material, they talked about how there was supposed to be a scene of Kirk and Khan uh fencing. Yes. <laughs> Basically having this scene. And so John showed the the dialogue that was supposed to go with it. And uh, I'm really glad that they didn't show that because the was dialogue, it bad trash talk. <laughs> it was just stupid. It, it didn't accomplish anything. It, yeah. It, it was so much better for them to cut all that and have it be the way it was in the final script. So well, that, and because it's truly now the way it is a, a story that takes place in outer space. Yes. And so to bring in sword fighting under any pretense. Yeah. It was just, it was not well written. It didn't suit Mm -hmm. it. And then one other thing that made me laugh hard was for the, um, the second film, right? Mm -hmm. When he, uh, when, sorry, words fail me right now because I'm trying to get it straight (laughs) in my mind. He talked about so many things and I was mentally making notes. So when McCoy comes to Kirk's apartment to give him his birthday present, right? Yes. And that first of all, they never said how old he was. And that was because it was written in the script and then Shatner had it taken out Mm -hmm. because he didn't want people to know how old he was. So that was number one. And then number two, there was some hilarious dialogue that came from McCoy that was cut. So when he's haranguing Kirk about, you know, you shouldn't be retiring and this isn't what you do and, you know, Mm -hmm. that whole thing. The very end of it, he says, look at you sitting here all alone. Why isn't there a girl in here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. And I'm sorry that they cut that because that should have been in there. Absolutely. That absolutely should have been in there. And and then, you know, Kirk would say, well, I, I... shooed her into another room when you came in and then like four girls come out of various rooms going hi doc (laughs) exactly exactly oh it needed that it needed that they totally should have left that in there why Mm -hmm. isn't there a girl in here and and when when that was up on the screen and john read it everybody laughed and laughed I'm fat. So that was good. So I, I had the chance to stop and talk with John a little bit afterwards, and I good. said, we'd love to have you back on the show, and he said, I'd love to be on your show, so we'll try oh, to good, good. get that to happen. Okay. And so then Logan and I walked around, and we went to the dealer's room, and we looked at stuff, and uh, there were a lot of people dressed up, I have to say, many more mm-hmm. than I thought would be. Most of them were wearing Starfleet uniforms, but cool. there were a couple of Klingons and some other mm-hmm. aliens, and it was generally pretty good. Now, the thing that I... I wanted to talk about specifically was a guy that I'd never seen before and his name is Spock Vegas and I sent you a link to his Twitter where you can see what he looks like. So I should open this now? You should open the link. So he's a dude and Spock Vegas is the name he goes by. He's a Spock impersonator and damn he looks like Leonard Nimoy a lot. (laughs) He does. He really really does. 
He's like six foot four, though. He's uh-huh. really tall. And so when he's walking around, you can't miss him. And, and people were just having their picture taken with him. He had a little area set up with all his stuff. And he, this is what he does. He just goes around being Spock. Wow. He was He was wearing Spock's uniform from Wrath of Khan. But <gasps> as you can see from the picture, he, he also has other uniforms yes. that he can do. So he just... This is his thing, Spock. Thing. And he had his picture taken with William Shatner. Yes, I know. I saw oh. that. And Bill must have been like, what the hell is this? <laughs> wow. Spock Vegas. Yep. He was there and he just has his picture taken with everyone. And Logan said, do you want me to take your picture with him? And I said, oh, that's okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, and he officiated at a wedding. He's everywhere, man. Yep. This is his thing. He is right on top of things. Oh, that is so amazing. So I didn't meet him, but uh-huh. I did see him. So now I can say I've seen the famous Spock Vegas. Really? <laughs> Spock <Well>. Vegas. <laughs> it's like, I love that. I it, love that. It's hilarious. Well, good for him. Yes. Um, so, no, go ahead. Uh, so we did that. We walked around the vendor room for a while, and then um, that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot going on, and neither of us wanted to stay till the evening when they were having the parties and the costume right. things. So we, we just took off. But it was I thought it was very nice. It seemed very well attended. There were quite a lot of people there. <laughs> okay. And there were quite a few people. So who was there? Kate Mulgrew was there. Garrett Wong was there. Um, uh, John Delancey was there. Uh, Robert Picardo was there, Brent Spiner was there, and they were all doing the photo ops. So there were like huge yeah. lines waiting for people to get their pictures taken and do the autographs. Of course. Yeah. So what did Logan think of his first Star Trek convention? Um, I think he had a good time. You know, I, I was explaining. I said, look, this isn't like the big cons. Remember when we went to Sacramento, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I said a lot of times at the bigger cons, there are multiple things happening and he's been mm-hmm. to WonderCon, so he remembered, yeah. like, you know, there were panels and breakout sessions and all that. And I said, yeah, that does happen at the bigger cons. But I think it was a good introduction for him just to see what it was like. So oh, cool. I think he had a good time. So I'm glad that I went. It was fun to, to go do it. It was weird doing it without you, though, I have to say. Um, <laughs> I bet. And weird not actually staying there at the hotel <laughs> because we've done that so many times. Yes. And as I posted on Twitter, the elevator buttons in the parking garage yes it still says low oil on one of those things what the hell i still don't understand that oh that is so funny (laughs) and i took a picture and i put it on twitter good so everybody can see yes well um something happened in rosemont this week i don't know if it made the national news or anything Uh but uh there was like a fire at whatever hotel this was happening at, I didn't get the name of the hotel. And so they had to evacuate everybody. Mm-hmm. And among the people they had to evacuate were the people attending a furry convention. Oh, I did see that. I didn't realize that was in Rosemont. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. I read about that. It wasn't a fire. It was a deliberate disruption. Somebody oh, right. had taken a, a bucket of chlorine, like the kind of chlorine that you mm. put into your pool. And That's had right. mixed chlorine it with gas. another. Yes, they mixed yes. it with another chemical. So it was chlorine gas. And I don't know what the outcome was if they actually arrested anyone but you know it's serious like you can die from breathing that right and i know a few people did go to the hospital Mm -hmm. but um 
it, there's a clip, you can find it somewhere on YouTube, of these two news anchors reporting it. And the one, the guy says, what's a furry? Oh, God. <laughs> and she explains it to him, and he just falls apart laughing. <laughs> so, you know, I just oh. thought you would want to know the the local convention. In yeah, news. that's great that they did it in Rosemont. You know, that's so... Is that good or bad? You know, I can see it's good in one way because it's so isolated there. Yes. You probably wouldn't go out. But then on the other hand, wouldn't it be better if it was closer to like a city where maybe it wouldn't be so weird to have people in costumes? (laughs) Well, Rosemont is really just over the line to to Chicago. But yeah, and there was something else about Rosemont recently, something going on there. They're building something. And, you know, in this beautiful town. And I was going, are you kidding me? Oh, no, it's not a beautiful town. No, no. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not at all. Even if you have furries, <laughs> it's it's still not an interesting place. No. Definitely so, not. That but is very funny. That happened in our very own Rosemont. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what Bill's doing. Because okay. that is the topic of this podcast. Okay. So Bill's doing two things. And the first thing is that he's appearing in... A TV show called Haven. Yes. Which is a show that I've never seen. No, I have never seen it either. And um, I can't remember. You know, I'm kind of out of things because as I told you um, off the podcast, I'm having some tooth trouble. Mm-hmm. So his episode might have been this this Friday night. Oh. Well, so I'll, I'm going to have to go look. Okay. I will read you what it says. This is from the Hollywood Reporter. Well, this is actually the best information I was able to get because when okay. they made the announcement, nobody was saying anything about it. Okay. It says, the Star Trek legend has booked, yeah, has booked a four-episode arc on Sci-Fi's Haven. Uh, based on Stephen King's novella, The Colorado Kid, I didn't know it was based on a Stephen King novella. No, I didn't either. Haven follows a former FBI agent who becomes a cop in the small town of Haven, Maine. Of course, since it's Stephen King, it would take place in Maine. Of course. And discovers the town's secrets, which also hold the key to unlocking her own lost past. Shatner will portray a pivotal character who has the potential to forever impact the fate of the town and its troubled residents. So Haven is on Friday nights at 7 p.m. It says it's coming to its mid-season finale set for December 5th, and the series will return in 2015. So it doesn't say... When his shows are going to be on? Yeah. So uh, they're filming it now, like right now. Because I saw. Oh, so maybe he's in the 2015. Yeah. One. He tweeted a picture of himself and the woman who is the star of the show, like last week on Twitter during filming. So Mm -hmm. they are right in the middle of things right now. Oh, okay. So I don't have to go look for that, but I am excited to see that. And a a four-episode arc, Bill should be be able to do some very interesting things. I think so. I think he's going to be good. I hope it's a serious role. I I really do. And that it doesn't end up being something really goofy. Right. Oh, well, speaking of of sort of Bill-like roles, I saw the weirdest thing last night. And it's either on Amazon Prime or Netflix. I forget which one. But I had heard about, it's a six-episode show, mm-hmm. a British show called Black Mirror. Have you heard of this? No. What is it? Well, it's kind of like Twilight Zone. It's an anthology, you know, the dark side of humanity or whatever. So I watched the first episode 
and I don't think I'm going to watch anymore because if you start out with this, I don't know where you go. <laughs> but the guy who was playing the lead, playing the, the Prime Minister of England, at certain angles had had very Shatner look to him. Ooh. But I will tell you the, uh, the plot of this was that um, – a princess who is, you know, like Princess Diana, she's completely beloved, but she's still part of the royal family, has been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And the kidnappers, what they, their demand is that the prime minister should go on national TV and fuck a pig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's the setup. I don't want to give any spoilers to anybody. Okay, okay. Wow. But, um... <laughs> Okay, I'm not sure I'm going to watch two through six. Really? (laughs) Except every now and then would just strike me. He looks, there was something, you know, parts of his face or Mm -hmm. angles or something where he looked kind of like Bill. Never never a bad thing to look like Bill. No, never a bad thing to look like Bill. Oh, Bill. So did you want to talk about the Henry Jenkins thing? Actually, there's a couple more things that I wanted to do quickly. Oh, okay. First, I wanted to talk about the other thing that Bill is up to, which is that he's got a Kickstarter. Oh, yes, yes. And the Kickstarter is for this book that he is writing, uh, apparently, called Catch Me Up. And we read about this because we had read that whole um, experience with the woman who is being featured in the book, who was interviewed by him, and Mm -hmm. she was being all fangirly about it, which, you know, I would too. Yes. So he's got this book, and it's on Kickstarter, and here's what it says. Uh, greetings. I am William Shatner, and I have a confession to make. I've been unemployed over 400 times in my life. I've had to reinvent myself over and over to get hired by TV shows, movie producers, and even by Priceline.com when I was 60-plus years old. If you or someone you know is over 50 and feels like it's too late to catch up and reinvent the second half of their lives, trust me, it's not. And that's all in caps. <laughs> of course. So then he goes on to say what the book is about, uh, which is achieving great things at your life in any age and how to leverage the new technology around us to do anything you want at warp speed. Um, And then this is great. He says, I have another confession. Until just recently, I hated new technology. My smartphone made me feel stupid. My grandkids had to show me how to use Facebook. I even refused to have an email account. You know what I found out? Without this know-how, I was becoming irrelevant. And a guy like me can't afford to be irrelevant. So I did something about it. And that's what this whole thing is about. So you can give money to Bill so that he can put his book out. And I have to say, I'm not so keen on giving money to Bill so that he can (laughs) publish his book. Because I think Bill has enough money to publish his book. (laughs) I think he absolutely does, too. But the prizes are great. Yes, the prizes are amazing. Um, so let me just scroll to the big ones because you have to give quite a lot of money to get the really good prizes. So yes, if you pledge $10,000, that's the top one, you get the Captain's Chair VIP package. You will have your very own table for you and five friends at the William Shatner Charity Gala. We've been there. Yes. Meet William Shatner in person. Get a photo and get your book signed. Plus, you get five copies of the books, five T-shirts, and five wristbands. So you actually get to meet him. And um, for $5,000, you get to meet him at the book signing party, which is going to take place at some winery in Northern California. 
doesn't oh, actually say where. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you pledge $2,000, you get a handwritten thank you note from Bill. It probably says MBB on it. <laughs> if you pledge $1,000 or more, you get your personal story featured on catchmeup.com and cnn.com. I guess he's mm. doing a tie-in with that. Uh, and you, for any of these things, you get copies of the book and T-shirts and all this other stuff. So, yeah, if you've got all that money, you can give it to Bill so he can publish his book and get uh, a nice thank you note from him yeah. for giving him money. Yeah. So he's asking for uh, $50,000 to publish this book. Right. And as of today, he's raised about $38,000 of it. Really? And yeah, there's still another month to go. I mean... I got to think a lot of people are, are thinking like I am right now, which is, Bill, really, you need money to publish a book? Well, I, he doesn't, but still, you know, the wisest rich people never spend their own yeah, money. That's true. But also, this is, you know, building some publicity, some momentum for the book, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I agree. And I think he probably is doing this Kickstarter almost as an experiment to see what will happen. Yes. And to see how it goes. So if you want to give Bill some of your money, you can go to Kickstarter and do <laughs> Catch Me Up by William Shatner. I, I really am interested in reading the book when, when yes. it comes out. I think that will be pretty interesting stuff. Well, because it'll be full of fun Bill stories, yes, too. Yes, of course. Of how he reinvented himself. Yes. And there's a very... Um, salesman-y looking picture of him that they're featuring on the website where he's he's almost looking in a Denny Crane way toward the camera. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, serious. William Shatner. Well, before we close out this segment, I, I do want to talk about the Orion. Oh, yes, please. Uh, because as you may or may not know, um, the, the press was, Captain Kirk returning to space aboard the Orion. And there's a, a picture in the link I, I put up or that I sent to Lena um, of his boarding pass, William mm-hmm. Shatner. Mm-hmm. And they also sent a Captain Kirk doll. I love it. I think that is it. so cool. Yep. I just think that is the greatest thing. But the other great thing is our boarding passes went too. <gasps> Because remember, oh, I yes. made us each boarding passes. Yes. Oh, so ours so and Bill, Bill and the Buck Girls went to outer space. As it should be, really. That's right. And this this uh, doll is in what I believe is the spacesuit from uh, Star Trek One. Yes, the motion is. picture. Mm-hmm. And a rubber ducky also went. So this picture <laughs> of the doll with the rubber ducky. But. Oh. Um, I just think that's so exciting, and it's so wonderful that, you know, Bill did this. And I only found out about this because of Bill tweeting that, or somebody on the Shatner board said, Bill just tweeted that you can, you know, make a boarding pass, and he made one and everything. So, And, of course, that's a huge thing to have Captain Kirk. Oh, of course. Those guys are, like, fanatical about him. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. So the quote says, a noted space enthusiast, William Shatner is thrilled to send Kirk back to space and support Orion. It's like, really? Uh, like, a noted space enthusiast. <laughs> See, I would think, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. When you say that. Yeah. Why don't they just say Captain Kirk? <laughs> it's like, he is. He's Captain Kirk. He's the That's right. Captain. I'm Captain Kirk. <laughs> But that's what the headline did call him Captain Kirk. Yes. It said Captain Kirk returning to space aboard the Orion. That's great. It's wonderful. So that was wonderful. Bill Bill's boarding pass and a doll went. Uh our boarding passes went, no dolls for us, but you know. 
it's good. We're there. It, We're in it's the same just, place. It, it's just exciting. It's just wonderful. All these, you know, all the, the, the strange and wonderful things that Bill is part of. Yes. Because he, he is. He's everywhere all the time. Okay. And I have one final thing to say before we take our break. Um, okay. We had mentioned before that on Thanksgiving, they were showing Bill's documentaries on BBC America. Yes. And I did not get to see I them. I didn't either because I was having too much fun eating and drinking. So yes. the thing was, right at the end of it, though, they said, um, well, Bill said, actually, he was tweeting and posting about it, that he has this other documentary about TNG called Chaos on the Bridge. Yes. All we right. talked about uh, this. Yes. Which aired on HBO Canada. Yes. Okay. And it's not available anywhere. Like, I have looked high and low to find this thing because I really want to see it. I think it's going to yes. be interesting. So what Bill said was he was encouraging people to respond to um, the stuff on BBC America on Thanksgiving. And he said, if you want to see Chaos on the Bridge, post about it. Tell your friends if the Thanksgiving thing is successful, then BBC America will air Chaos on the Bridge. <gasps> Oh, but that's the last I heard about it was on Thanksgiving and I did a search and I couldn't find whether they said yes or they said no, I couldn't find anything. So everybody Mm. should keep an eye out for that because they could air it, which would be amazing. I'd be so happy. Well, I'm going to, um, when we're done, I'm going to go on demand and see if, you know, because my cable does have on demand for BBC America and just see if the captains and stuff is there or if that was a one-time thing because i didn't get to see it either i was flying i was joining my family later that night so we'll see but i really am dying to see chaos on the bridge oh yeah love it if they showed it so we shall see very cool all right well all right we'll take our break and then then we'll be back we'll be back and you've got just trek the the crappiest of of holiday trek crap it's going to be a shopping trectacular i'm so excited Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We love our listeners, and we love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Check us out on Facebook, too. Still recording on the trusty MacBook Pro. We're back. We are back. And this year, when I was doing some of my online shopping, it occurred to me that although we we cover Etsy fairly regularly. It had been a long time since we had taken a look at what's on eBay. Yay! And so I went there and uh, found some interesting and bizarre and questionable things (laughs) that we want to look at. Okay. And uh, we're going to click to the first one now, which is a Star Trek tricorder. And it says, Star Trek tricorder, Mark One. Real working device. Really? Really. Accessories all included. Wow. Yeah. And it was only $450. Wow. So And it, it was sold. I see that. But here's the thing I want to know. What does it do? It works, which means what? <laughs> okay. It, 
Does it like do a, a scan of the surrounding area to tell you if there are life forms? I don't know, but uh, let's see what it says here. Adult smoke-free, animal-free home. Okay. This rare Star Trek collectible, working Mark One tricorder, manufactured by Vital Tech. Cosma. And how do I? It says it's got a training disc, okay. an operation manual. Needs a nine-volt battery. Wow. Power up the tricorder. Makes the scanning sounds. Has multiple sensors. Oh my God. And operations, uh, I'm trying to read this. Where, where was I? Operations with uh, multiple scanning LEDs and readings from sensors on LCD screens. So this came from the future? Apparently <laughs> so. And it's, it was only $450. Wow. Well, that's, that. I mean, that is pretty cheap for a working tricorder, I got to say. I got to say. And since it's got the training CD. Exactly. And the, the manual. Wow. I wish there were more pictures, though. There's only one I picture know. of the box. It's not even a picture of the thing. It's a picture of the box. Wow. Okay. A working tricorder. That would be cool. That would yes. be very cool. Yes. So, you know. For the person who has everything and is very gullible, that's the gift. Okay. Now, this next one, Lena, you don't know how close you came to getting this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are Star Trek Spock socks uh -huh. with 3D ears. <laughs> yeah, they sure are 3D ears. Oh man, Spock looks angry. I would want to have an angry Spock on my leg. On your foot? Yeah. So the, the, the Spock face is on the front of the sock and the ears stick out. Wow. And it's only seven ninety nine. Oh, that's a good price. Wow. And it has his insignia. The sock is blue. Yes. And it has his little gold insignia there on it also. Oh man. I just think those ears would get caught on everything, and you'd probably wear them twice before they ripped right off. <laughs> well, yeah. I think this is not one of the gifts you get with the idea of, here's something really practical for you. <laughs> it's just, here's something really weird. And, you know, of all the things I've considered putting on my socks, ears was <laughs> just just not on the list. Can you imagine if you were wearing them and the ears were sort of flapping, Jack would go so insane. He'd be like, what is on your leg? I have That's to see That's true. It. That's true. Jack would not appreciate the Spock socks. <laughs> Do you know what I just learned? And I bet everybody else has known this for 20 years or more. What? The purpose of Elf on the Shelf. What is the purpose? Is that he's watching you. And at night, reporting back to Santa. <gasps> I didn't know that. I just learned that. That's creepy. Yeah. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> well, I don't either. So, anyway. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yes. This it also has sold, but it's a Briarfest Special Run 2010 All Glory. It's a figurine of William Shatner's oh, saddlebred horse. Oh, good. I was hoping it wasn't the actual horse. It's just uh, well, certainly not for $29. <laughs> but from what I could see when it didn't have the big sold thing over it, it, it looked quite, quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. It says this model horse is a gorgeous, rich, very dark bay with a star and beautiful shading. Box has never been opened. It is still factory sealed. Oh wow! 
And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Like, does it say that this is William Shatner's horse? Oh, it does, right on the box. Yeah. It, it says William and Elizabeth Shatner's All Glory, so it's got his name on it. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much he gets for each one that they sell. Oh, at least, it, well, when it's on eBay, I don't know. Somebody's, you know, reselling. Yes, but, um, yes. Yes, okay. yes. So there's that. Well, okay, Bill, Bill is everywhere. So I think that could even count as a media conquered. because uh, Selling statues of his horse? Or, yeah, or figurines? Yeah. So he's conquered horse figurines. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Okay, now right. this next one's taken a second to come up. Oh, this. Open this up. It is a, a Bill Sh- William Shatner press photo. Ooh, look at it. It's black and white. It's black and white, and I believe it is from that weird playground thing. Oh, it is. It totally Where he's is. coming down the, the weird yep. uh, slide. I remember he was wearing that jacket, and he's sitting at the end of the slide, and he's got his hands open, and he's going, Stella! That's what it looks <laughs> like he's doing. But that's the one where... Um, you know, the kid is saying, I'm the daddy, oh, I'm yeah? the father. Oh, that, yeah, at the creepy playground where it's always night and everyone's a bully. Yep, exactly. Wow. Yeah, that is kind of a rarity. I mean, it is. you know, you could do a screenshot, I'm sure, but still. that's it's a, it's, And it's a good picture of him, too. He looked good in that. Yes. Yes, indeed. All so. right. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. That is rare. Absolutely. That is a rarity. Oh, now this next one is a poster for Impulse. Ooh. It is the the most uh, misleading poster you've ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who designed this? I don't know. Half of the, the, oh the, the cover is a really angry Bill face. But it's not Bill, though. It doesn't look anything like him. No, it doesn't. And the other half is a naked woman kneeling. And, you know, from the back, she's got sort of longish red hair, and you can see her butt and everything. But nobody like that is in the movie, and there's no (laughs) naked woman in the movie. There's nothing like that at all. That's and she's kneeling in front of like a a, 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 a tomb? crypt or yeah, a, a crypt. what do you call yeah, those? Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Oh my God, that is so strange. Yeah. So it's a, a VHS, but there are several, you know, impulse DVDs and things like that that you can get, and all of them that do have covers have covers I've seen before. This. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody just made this shit up. They were like, what's this movie about? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is William Shatner's worstest ever movie. It is. And we love it beyond all sense and sensibility. Oh, I know. I love that movie. I love that car wash. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want any points his finger. (laughs) Okay, this one is weird. It's a 1980 press photo. Oh, okay. William Shatner family. Oh. So. All right. Oh, look at that. Okay. So it's Bill. Um, in the bunch of a, a in the middle of a bunch of people all listening to what he's saying, and all I could think was, "Don't drink the Kool Aid." This just seemed like a real. Jim Jones, Charles oh, Manson type thing. Absolutely. And then I thought, maybe it's Shatner weekend. 
Wow. Well, he's but with Marcy, though, isn't he? He's it? got Marcy next to him. Yeah. But you can't tell if anybody else is, is really his family or not. I don't know. This is weird. And if they're outside, it looks like they're in a... An arena of yeah, some kind. Yeah, an amphitheater. Yeah. Because it, it looks like it, the, the benches are all stone and they sort of go up. But mm-hmm. I can't tell whether it's actually old or it's just made to look old. Yeah. And they're all listening to him raptly, like, oh, yes. tell us more, Mr. Shatner, tell us right, more. Right, that's why I'm saying it seemed like a cult thing. 1980, what was he doing then? Like, um, They had just finished Star Trek One, right? Yeah, yeah, huh. Okay, I'm looking at the back, mm-hmm. and now I have to turn my computer because the image from the back <laughs> of the photo is upside down. Oh, where did you find an image from the back of the photo? It's it's down in the listing. Okay, it says Shatner and his wife, Marcy, talk to Shakespeare actors during rehearsal break. Where are you finding this? <laughs> you are much better at, at these things than I am. I just I scrolled down the page and um it's it's like way way down there. Mm. Before the bottom, so there's a. It's the front, and then there's the back, and on the back. There's oh, a stamp. I see the back. Oh, yeah. okay. And so is that where you read the thing? Yeah, yeah. It's handwritten okay. on the back. Oh, I so see. So there he is talking to a bunch of Shakespeare actors um, at some amphitheater where they were, I guess, doing it, you know, out in the open, and he's telling them about Shakespeare. Wow, that would have been interesting. The guy next to him is holding a microphone. Where is that recording? I want to know. Okay, this was taken for the Denver Post. Ah, okay. Uh, on July 10th, 1980, staff photographer, and it says, story, yes. Oh, we should find the story that went with this picture. Yeah. From the Denver Post. I wonder if their archives go that far back. I don't know. Oh, I want to know. I want to know yeah. what it was about. Wow. So they're Shakespearean actors, eh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm putting that, I'm writing that down to so check it out later on. Okay. Picture. Okay, cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's not exactly Trek crap. That is intriguing stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Oh, now this is something we have never seen, I don't believe. It is Christmas-themed. <gasps> it's Christmas ornament. Wow. Let's get that open. Have it. I'm looking at it. This is amazing. Yes, it is wow. a Galaxy Quest protector, the ship, Christmas ornament. That's, like, they made these? Did they actually make these? I Well, let's scroll down and see if it will tell us who made this. It is hand-painted, hand-cast resin, approximately three inches long, the perfect gift for your favorite sci-fi fan. And it was made in Canada. Ah. Wow. Oh, that would be such a cool thing to have. I know. Oh, man. Wow. I had no idea that they made anything. Like I know. Toys and, and, or whatever. And didn't you do some research and find out they had all these plans and then... Yeah, that they, yeah. Were, they were going to, but I didn't know that they'd actually done anything. Well, I found oh. a couple other Galaxy Quest things on eBay. This next one is... A Thermian female outfit. Oh, wow. And it says, and it was $410.65, it's from the movie. Wow. Wow, look at it. Yeah. Oh, there's lots of pictures, too. Yes. Pictures. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah. This, this like- is a fabulous Thermian spacesuit. It was worn in the movie Galaxy Quest by one by a female Thermian. Yeah, it looks like a, a movie costume. You know, it's got some wear, and mm-hmm. the some of the lining is starting to fall off of it. Oh, look at that! It's thirty-eight inch bust, twenty-nine and a half inch waist. Uh, I wonder who bought it, and I wonder if they're going to wear it to a con. That would be amazing. Well, that would be the thing to do. Yeah. They also had a male one. I didn't bother putting in the link to that. Mm-hmm. But um, so you could dress as a Thermian. Oh, that's great. Wow. I, I really never even thought about looking for Galaxy Quest stuff. You know, <laughs> when I when I found, we found those little things on Etsy, I figured all of that Galaxy Quest stuff was just handmade because they never had any official stuff. Right, right. Now, here is another very interesting Galaxy Quest thing, okay. which is a painting. Ooh. Oh, and wow. it's like one of those comic paintings. Yeah. It's a Jack Davis original watercolor <gasps> yes. painting, Galaxy Quest crew and characters. And I am like zooming in now. And so you can, <laughs> the alien whose name I'm forgetting, General Somebody or whatever, he's hovering over it. Yeah. But the, the rest of them, you can see the, the Thermians and Alan Rickman and Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, uh, the, the little things that we're afraid are going to eat Guy. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> That's great. So Jack Davis was um, definitely one of the Mad Magazine illustrators. And, That's and what did, I thought. Yep, he did many of the covers. So it says here, let's see, it was painted for the 10th anniversary of a sci-fi convention back east, Boston or somewhere, it says. That's good. Good description here. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, the painting was commissioned as the cover for the convention program. Interesting. Wow. That is very cool. Oh, wow. Look at the price that they were asking for it. What was it? Uh, it's $11,000. <gasps> oh, my God. Yep. There are no bids on it right now. Well, what's the size on the thing? Does it say? Um, yeah, I think it does. Some um, here it says... Maybe not. 21 uh, and a half by 26 and a half. Yeah. It's the whole thing. That is cool. That's a very cool thing. Yeah, but it's almost 12000 actually. Yeah, I, I don't think, well, I don't know. Who has the money to spend on something like that? Not me. Uh, right. Well, if you had it, you could be sending it to Bill's Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, the next one is the male Thermian. We can skip that. Okay. And then the last one, I want to know if we have this. Okay. It is a trade paperback oh. of Galaxy Quest. Uh-huh. I have a trade paperback of Galaxy Quest, but it doesn't have that cover. Hmm. So I wonder if it's the same book and it just has a different cover. In fact, I have it right here. Hold on a second. Oh, Okay. Yeah, mine has a totally different cover, and it is not this. The it's not that, that. No, the thing that I have is um, a novel by a guy named Terry Bisson, which is adapted from the screenplay to the movie. Okay. So that's all it is. It's adapted from the screenplay. And, yeah, it looks totally different. I don't think I've Okay, seen and this it. is by Ellen Weiss, uh-huh. written from a screenplay by Robert Gordon. Yep. Based on a story by David Howard and Robert Gordon. Yeah, that's what the front of mine says also. So it's another But you know novel. what else it says? Junior novelization. 
Oh, so it's for kids? I don't know, but right under the Galaxy Quest, if you zoom up, you can see it says Junior wow. Novelization. That's pretty funny. I th I would like to read um, a middle school edition of Galaxy Quest and see how they make sense of it. Well, it's still available, and it's only $2.39. That's pretty cheap. Hmm. Yeah, oh, and it says here yeah, on the link, U.S. Children's Book. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I might just have to get it. You just might just to have say, to. Then put it on the shelf with my other Galaxy Quest book, and then I'll have all of them. <laughs> You'll have the full collection. <laughs> I have them all. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was the end of the shopping. But this next thing I find very intriguing. It's um, This was on Trek Today. It said, New Bixby Mirror Mirror mm -hmm. ebook. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is Jerome Bixby is a sci-fi writer. And he has, he's got a new book coming out, and it's of, of stories of his. But he wrote the episodes Mirror, Mirror, By Any Other Name, Day of the Dove, and Requiem for Methuselah. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those except Day of the Dove are, are good episodes. Oh, yeah. Day of the Dove sucks. But it says the new ebook Mirror, Mirror, classic sci-fi by the famed Star Trek and Fantastic Voyage writer showcases a trio of never-before-reprinted novelettes containing ideas that Bixby would later mine and transmogrify <laughs> in two of his highly regarded Star Trek episodes, One Way Street and Mirror, Mirror, mm. both used in the Star Trek script Mirror, Mirror, and Cargo to Callisto, used in by any other name. Hmm. The third story was uh, also made into a sci-fi classic, The Twilight Zone, It's a Good Life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this this could be very interesting. Yeah. And uh, it's I only three ninety nine, and it's only out as an e-book, apparently. Oh, well, that's cool. And uh, you can get it on Kindle. Mm -hmm. So if you have Kindle or the Kindle app on your iPad, you can uh, head over to Amazon and, and look up Mirror Mirror or Jerome Bixby and be able to get that. But I think that might be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm really digging all of this, uh, you know, finding the sources for a lot of yeah. the Trek stories, where they came from, like that great analysis of Space Seed and looking mm -hmm. back at that, where that came from. Uh, that is, I love that stuff. It's so interesting. And it also feeds right into the idea that we've discussed many times that Star Trek, more more than any other uh, science fiction uh, arc of stories, um, is the modern mythology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this digging in, it's like, was it really a King Arthur? Was he just this, you know, cheap feudal king? Or, you know, what was it? And this is the same thing, is, is digging into, okay, mirror universe, that's great. Where did that come from? And, and here you can get a little more information on it. Yep. That's awesome. I, I would very much like to read it. He's an excellent writer. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, in the These Are the Voyages book, there was some stuff about how his script had changed a little bit, not very much, mm -hmm. to what it eventually ended up being like in Mirror Mirror. But mm -hmm. um, I would I would like to read where it originally came from. I yeah. Think that, that would be the most interesting part. I think so. Cool. Well, those were yeah. awesome. Thank you for uh, digging up all those eBay links. Because <laughs> that stuff is truly amazing. Um, well, you know, the, now, now that we've 
kind of, you know, we, we've looked at eBay, you know, several times over the years in the strange track crap. And looking at Etsy, I think the stuff on Etsy is generally weirder. Because it's, in, for the most part, homemade. It's not people reselling mm-hmm. things that were real products that you bought in a store. But still, you know, socks with Spock ears. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I think what you see more of on eBay are actual artifacts, right? Mm. <laughs> like, like <laughs> To use it to very lightly. Yes, to use it very, very loosely. But but things like that, that photo for the, the press photo of Bill for that, that terrible yeah. TV show that he was in, you know, that's like, that's a real thing. And they obviously put mm-hmm. it out at the time to promote it. And who knew that it would turn up on eBay sometime later and that right. you could now buy this thing and actually have it. Well, and think, if we had not seen that thing, and we found this photo of Bill on a slide, we'd be like, what is this? We'd be, we'd be going insane trying really? to find out what it was. Really? That is so funny. Oh, that's, that's very awesome. Yes. Well, good. Well, next time around, there'll be definitely more Etsy because I have seen a few things on Etsy that I thought were crazy and we need mm-hmm. to do another Etsy roundup for sure. Okay. Okay. So I've got, um, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon, I think, but there's one more thing I wanted to mention. And I think I might've said something about this before, but maybe I didn't. So we have, um, volumes one and two of these are the voyages. Yes. Yes. I was going to ask you for an update on that. Yes. So the guy, Mark Cushman was doing his Kickstarter for volume three because he wanted to get it published and, I guess he just thought this would be the easiest way to do it. So he did a Kickstarter, and I was going to give him money, but it ended up being over before I did. So he had set a goal of $20,000, and in the time allotted, he got (gasps) $45,000. So good for him. Yay, Trekkies! Yeah, so that was really good. So he's been fully funded, and I saw somebody on Twitter recently saying that the books were going to ship pretty soon. So I am definitely going to get this one. This volume is 754 pages long, and it has 456 photographs in it. Oh, wow. So that is totally going to be worth getting to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Yep. I'm really, really happy about it. So um, whenever I end up getting it, I will let you guys know, and I'll start to pick out some interesting parts to it. But bravo for this guy for... You know, getting these books out and then doing it like this is a great thing for a Kickstarter, right? It's oh, absolutely the things that people want to see. He says mm-hmm. at the bottom, the risks are mineral minimal. The book is already finished. Um, we just need to actually print the damn thing and get it out the door. So this is great. I'm so happy for him. Oh, that is great. Yes, I love to see people managing to to turn a dime based mm-hmm. on their passion. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I I just think that's a great thing. You know, Spock Vegas, these books, <laughs> all of those. I You know, the, the, it sounds like the Spock Vegas guy, you know, makes some money doing this. Yeah, so, he does. Good for him. Oh, it's so funny. It's great. I love yeah. Star Trek. I really do. I really do, too. I, I Now that there's all this hubbub about the new the new Star Wars movie, you know, the trailer came out and people are talking about it. And you know what? I just don't care. I really don't care. It's not interesting to me anymore in the way that Trek stuff is still interesting to me after all of these years. Well, you know, I saw the first three Star Wars movie. Yeah, me too. And I had a great time at the first one. I don't even remember the second and third. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not going to bother with that. But speaking of Star Trek movies, um, 
the the latest development is oh, yeah. Robert Orsi is out, out. as director. Uh-huh. And there have been rumors that the studio did not like the direction the script was taking, and the rumor was it was going to involve some time travel, and that's how we could have William Shatner as Captain Kirk and Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. And then Orsi says, no, he's still on board as producer but not director, and there never was any time travel involved. And now there's a fan campaign to have Jonathan Frakes direct. I saw that on Facebook, and I thought that was a great idea. I think, I that think it's a good awesome. idea, too. Didn't yeah. he direct... Um, the 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 first TNG movie, the one that was really good, First Contact. Uh, he might have. I know he's directed an awful lot of stuff. In, he, in fact, he directed um, a lot of episodes of the subsequent TV series, Star Trek TV series. I know he did some DS9, and I think he might have done some Enterprise as well. And okay. Voyager. So he's been very involved in the yes. franchises as a director. Well, and he's he has said he'd jump at the chance to do it. So. Yeah. You know, I think that would be great. You that might totally be, do it. Yes. Oh, and I have to tell you one other thing. Over Thanksgiving, I saw Horrible Bosses 2, yeah. which is just as funny, if not funnier, than Horrible Bosses 1, despite the fact that it has Chris Pine in it. Mm-hmm. But he's playing a total dick. <laughs> just like himself. Yeah, but I saw it with my sisters, and afterwards they both said, boy, I had no idea Chris Pine was so good looking. And he really does look good in this movie. Okay. It's just, it's not a Star Trek movie, so I could tolerate him, you know. <laughs> I figure what's going on in the Star Trek movies really is not his fault. Yeah, this is true. But, um, yeah, so if you, you know, so many of the movies that are out right now are really these serious and artsy sort of projects. So if you want to just laugh, laugh, laugh. Go see Horrible Bosses, too. Mm, That sounds good. Um, I haven't seen anything much worth talking about because all I ever see are kids' movies. (laughs) And those are great. I love those, but I don't know. Well, speaking of kids' stuff, if you're here in the Chicago area, like through January, I can really recommend this. Last Friday, I saw, it's called Looking Glass Alice, Mm -hmm. and it's the Looking Glass Theater's version of Alice in Wonderland. And as you may know, I can't stand the story of Alice in Wonderland. It hits all my control buttons. <laughs> but I knew Looking Glass does for – you're in a small house, but they do the most amazing stuff with, with lights and production values and people flying and everything. So I thought this would be great. And I took my two little nieces, and we had the best time. Oh, it is so incredible, the stuff they do. It got a four-star review in the Tribune, and it's like an hour and a half long. So much fun. Oh, good. Um, speaking of things happening in Chicago, did you have you seen any information about Klingon Christmas Carol? Yes, and um, their last show is is sometime later this week. I'm gonna, you know, depend on what goes on with my tooth. See, you know, if I can get up there to interview them. But this is the last year they're doing it. Oh, and next year. And I, I, one of the things I want to ask him is, are you guys traveling? It, it's going to be in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So um, I, I am going to, you know, it's been on my list, get in touch with them and at least see if I can, you know, come by and interview them, if not see the show again. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be the last year in Chicago. So Trek fans, again, I give that a real big thumbs up. I was surprised at how completely entertaining and yes, moving parts of it were it really was very true to the story that's great and and because it was being presented in a fresh way 
it was easier for me to see it in a fresh way instead of, okay, here comes puny Pete, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, well, it's Christmas Day, so, you know, that's just been so done to death. I can't even do that anymore, but this was, was great. So, again, if you're in the Chicago area very, very soon, you can go see that. Wow, that's awesome. Um, just to confirm what you said, Jonathan Frakes indeed directed First Contact. He did. Okay, he really I got did. that right. Yay yes, me! Because that. that, I think everybody pretty much agrees that was a really good movie, and it was certainly the best of the the next gen movies. Mm-hmm. I, I yes, I agree. Yeah. Because that. So, that had James Cromwell as Zephyrin Cochran, oh, yeah. and there had was, a good story. There was so much good about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, friends of the show, we are going to definitely be doing more Christmassy stuff because we both have gifts for each other that we're going to be opening. But right. We would like you to send us, um, if you've seen any great Trek Christmas crap that's around that you want to let us know about, mm-hmm. um, any new ornaments or any other things, we would love to just keep a, a running list and we'll put it up on Facebook and, you know, tweet it and all that. But yeah, we'd love to see what you find out there for Trek Christmas crap. That would be good. Well, for Trek Christmas crap, I think you're going to have to go pretty far to top, I don't know if it was this year or last year, the Hallmark Star Trek Christmas ornament of yes. Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike. Uh, you know, they had that on sale at the Trek Con, and I pointed it out to Logan, and I, t- <laughs> I said, this is the most inappropriate gift thing that you could do for Christmas, you know, yes. to make this into it. By the way, Sean Kenny was there at, at the con. <laughs> I didn't talk Crazy to him. Crazy Pike. I didn't talk to him, but I did take a picture and I posted it on Twitter so people can see. He was there. He was chatting with some people. He looks exactly the same mm-hmm. as when we saw him like 10 years ago or something. He doesn't look like he's aged at all, which is a little creepy. Was um, he um, doing an autograph table? Yeah, he had a table oh, okay. and it, he was doing autographs. It wasn't a photo op thing. It was just, um, you know, people coming by and chatting and he seemed well and in good spirits, but I just was like, ah, it's him. It's him. <laughs> Crazy Pike. Crazy Pike. And then I had to explain to Logan all about why we called him Crazy Pike. And he said, what did the people in the audience do when he started saying this? And I said, well, I think most everyone just sat back in their seats a little and went, whoa, this guy's a little crazy. And and Logan said, do you think there are any people who actually bought into it because he was saying it? You know, because Mm. he's up on a stage and talking about it and he was on a TV show. And you could see how that would sway some people. And I said, I really don't know. But I think you got to tell me if this is true or not. My memory is that he was talking and it was supposed to be a question and answer period. But once Mm -hmm. he got started on that train of thought, nobody asked any more questions. And he just talked for the rest of the time. Well, the thing I mainly remember is he was talking something about time travel and where it, it, it turned the corner for me was um, when he started talking about the movie, The Philadelphia Experiment, yes, which saying, is a terrible movie. And he said, but you guys know all this. I don't need to explain it to you. And I, that's when I went, oh, my God, this this fucker thinks that's real. Yeah, and he said it too, right? He yeah. Was like, yeah, yeah, you know, the government doesn't want us all to know about this. Yeah, and that, I think, you know, that was when I was getting really creeped out going, I don't, I don't want anybody to think, you know, I'm in the same basket <laughs> with this nut job. Oh man! Oh. Well, he he wasn't he didn't have any big like pictures of aliens or anything at his <laughs> table. It just said Sean Kenny, Captain Pike, and that was him. <laughs> yeah, but we always call him Crazy Crazy Pike, Pike of course. Wow! Yeah, oh. he's a nut job. Uh-huh. 
But he's our nut job, he right? Is our nut what job. would science fiction be if there wasn't at least one of the actors who totally believed all this crap was real? Oh, it's great. It's just great. <laughs> he probably thinks Galaxy Quest happened too, but Shatner won't confirm it. I'm, I'm sure. I'm very sure he thinks that. <laughs> it's a documentary, man. <laughs> Why are you all laughing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> right. Oh, well. Well, everyone, have a wonderful Merry Shatmas. Yes, please. And whatever you celebrate, you know. And uh, it will probably be the new year before we get back, but then we will be opening presents. Oh, we're going to have so many presents. And please continue to send us stuff on Facebook, on Twitter, on everything. And we will um, let you know how our holidays are going as well. Oh, one more thing. Our friend Margaret posted... um, on Facebook, that there are are songs that she wishes certain people would sing. And one of them on her list was that Bill would sing MacArthur Park. Oh, wow. And I stopped and thought for a minute, and I thought, I'm really surprised he hasn't sung MacArthur Park. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, what are yours? So, of course, I put on Pretty Women, you know. Oh, yeah. And she said, from from Sweeney Todd, yes. Mm I just, I want Bill to sing that so bad. Oh, maybe he will. Maybe maybe, he will. maybe he's reading Margaret's Facebook stuff, so that would be good. <laughs> oh, so fun. Yes, that will be a, among more of our important work is getting Bill Get, to do that. Getting him to do it, I agree. Yes, yes. All right. All right, everyone. Well, thanks as always for listening. We appreciate it. We love all of you so very, very much. And thanks again for making this show 201. Yay! Oh, my God. What a milestone. Yeah. So incredible. So until next time, everyone, live long and potluck. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>